criticism is just words. Words really can mean a lot. They can mean absolutely nothing. Depends on how you decide to look at it. So this is what happens with a lot of people is that they will sabotage or avoid creating any level of success just so they avoid the criticism that they believe will come with it. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. You gave me something really good. What can you get? Dreolday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques are underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we are stepping into, I believe this is part five. We are, time is flying here, part five of our, what projects to be a 10-part series on why you fear success. Uh, before we get into this, I'm reminding you all that I send out a text message every day, also another one every week called the Daily and Monday Motivations, respectively, that will get you focused, sharp, and on point, guaranteed to start your day and or your week. I want you to receive these messages. You want you to receive these messages. So let me tell you what to do to get them. Text me at my number, 305-384-6894. Once you text me, you'll be in my text community. It's free to join my text community. Once you get in the community, you'll get a response immediately that is from our bot. Future responses will be coming from actual humans, me and other actual humans. and you'll be getting our messages. And if you do not get an immediate response when you send a text to that number, just know we've been dealing with some tech issues with the text message. As soon as we get that fixed, then everybody will be updated. You'll know about it. Trust me. I will loudly announce that it's working again and you'll be getting responses and I'll respond back to any messages I haven't replied to, et cetera, et cetera. So secondly, second thing I got to tell you before we get into the subject is work on your game university. If you don't know what Work On Your Game University is, I apologize. You should know what it is. And let me tell you what it is. That is the place where I do all my coaching. That's the place where if you want to have me as your direct coach, if you would like to have me as a person, you can come to on a consistent basis. Bring your challenges. Bring your questions. Tell me what you have going on, your quagmires that you can't quite figure out. You don't even know what the challenge is. You don't even know what the question is that you should be asking. Here's the good news. I know what question you should be asking. Let me give you some more good news that when you have a conversation with me as a member of Work On Your Game University, you might have three questions that you want to ask. Right? You come to a conversation, you're like, Dre, I got three questions that I want you to ask that'll help me move forward. I'm going to answer one of your questions. And you know what I'm going to do with the other two questions? I'm going to change those two questions and replace them with better questions that will better help you get to your goal. Because one of the biggest challenges that a lot of people have, whether we're talking business, mindset, sports, anything in between, is that a lot of times we're asking the wrong question to which even if you get an answer for it, it's not going to get you really where you want to go. And what a good coach should be able to do is identify 
where your question could actually be improved. Okay, I see you're asking this, but how about if we ask this instead? That's going to be a better question. Then we're going to answer the better question. And then you're going to go work on the answer to the better question, which will get you to your goal a lot more effectively, a lot more efficiently, and a lot faster. Uh, does that sound good? Does that make sense to all of you? I know it makes sense to you. I want to know, does it sound good to you? And has that, have I enticed you properly to go to workingyourgameuniversity.com? Hopefully I did. Go to workingyourgameuniversity.com and schedule a time to get on the call with us. All you got to do is click on that bright yellow button on the page. We put more than one of them there so you can't miss it. Schedule a time to get on the call with us. It's free of charge. We want to talk about where you're at, where you're going, what's in your way. Once we're clear on that, we see you're a good fit and we believe we can help. We'll tell you how that looks, how it works, and we move from there. Okay, everybody got it? Any questions? That's again, workonyourgameuniversity.com. So now with that out the way, let's get into this topic. We are, again, picking up on our series of why you fear success and what are the things that we are afraid of that lead us to being afraid of success. So kind of we're taking two steps here. So point number 13 is where we are picking up here. Again, this is part five of our projected 10-part series. Number 13, standing out. Standing out. Similar to the prior point. Standing out means you are making yourself visible. And often this is because you are doing something intentionally that draws attention to you. And this could, doesn't always, but it could make you a target simply because you are so much more visible than you were before. The more visible you come, the more of a target you become. This is just how it works. Again, more people can see you, the more likely someone's going to take aim at you just because you're there, not because is anything specifically wrong with you, not because they really have any issue with you personally. It's just because you're available. So this is going to use you because you're there. This is just how it works. Any of you who's on social media, the more your stuff gets seen on social media, the more likely you're going to get trolls and haters and negative people in your comments. Why? Because your stuff is visible. That's the reason why. That's why it happens. Not because of anything specifically that you did or said. And it doesn't even matter what topic you talk about. The more you're seeing, the more negativity you are bound to get just compared to when you're less seen. It doesn't mean that everything you get is going to be negative, but you're just going to get more of it simply because you're available to be viewed. And again, being a target doesn't just mean a target from of people who want to take things from you, but a target in that you will get, as I said, negativity, hate, critiques, more people looking for flaws and weaknesses in you simply because your success is a reflection of their lack of success. This is one of the reasons why people look for flaws in people who are well known simply because they're out there. All right. How is this person? doing so much better than I am is the way that they're thinking. And they have to find a way to either catch up to you, which will be very hard to do. That requires work and effort and intentionality and consciousness. Or here's an easier way. Let me just find a flaw in them so I can reconcile that they're better than me in this, but they're not better than me in these other things or areas where I found flaws. So now we're actually equal. And again, this is all happening in their mind. This is all rationalization that they have that happens in people's minds, not a real thing. But this is exactly what people do. These are the two choices you have when you see someone who is clearly outperforming you. You can either A, use it as motivation and inspiration to move yourself up to the level of performance. You actually got three options. Option B is you can say, well, forget about them. I don't care about them and just pay it no mind after it didn't happen. Or C, you can find a way to negatively pull them down in your mind, not in fact, but in your mind, such that their outperformance of you isn't really a real thing because you balance it out with some negative flaw that you found in them that you created in your mind. Those are your three choices anytime someone's outperforming you and you know about it. So you will notice that we come back to this point over and over again already in this series about when someone else sees you performing at a level higher than them. And we're only halfway through the series. And this is one of the biggest things that holds people back from moving towards success and that 
you are afraid of the negative feedback and the criticism that could come from other people who have not reached the same level of success that you have. You just don't want to deal with the negative feedback and the criticism that might result from it. Napoleon Hill laid this out almost 100 years ago when he noted the six basic fears in his book, Think and Grow Rich. And one of the six basic fears was the fear of criticism. And I actually did a series on the six basic fears in episode number 18 and 16. Now, what I did was reorganize the six basic fears. So he had them laid out in a certain order. I changed that order and I'll get to that in one second. And the fear of criticism is one of those fears that Napoleon Hill laid out. And this was way back almost 100 years ago that he wrote this book that people sometimes don't do things in life because they are afraid of negative feedback they will get from their circle, whether it's social circle, your professional circle, your community circle, your family circle, the world at large, depending on what you're doing and how many people know about it. So many people are afraid of negative backlash and negative feedback that they don't do anything just to avoid having anybody talk about you. And that's the formula. If you don't want anybody to talk negatively about you, just do nothing and be nothing and nobody will ever talk negatively about you. Maybe. If you become something and you do something, people are going to talk bad about you. It's inevitable. It will happen. It always happens. So when I reorganized the six basic fears, again, that was episode number 1816, episode 1816. You can listen to any episode by going to one of two places. You can go to workonyourgamepodcast.com where you see every episode with the audio version, or you can go to dreallday.com slash blog and then slash, and then put the number of the episode. And make sure you put the www. We haven't found a way to let people just type it without the W. So you got to put the www.dreallday.com slash blog slash, then put the number. And then you can see in every episode in history, the show also laid out in basically blog post slash article format. So when I reorganized the six basic fears, I moved the fear of criticism to the number one of the six basic fears. Now, what Napoleon Hill had when he wrote Think and Grow Rich, his number one basic fear was the fear of poverty. And I'll see if I can remember the other six. Now, again, I did this whole episode, so I don't have to have this memorized, but it was the fear of poverty is one. Fear of criticism is two. The fear of loss of love is another one. This is not in any particular order. Fear of loss of love is number three. Fear of old age is number four. The fear of ill health is number five. And there was one more, and I can't even remember what it was. So I remember five of the six, but there's another one that I'm not remembering right now. Good news is we record stuff over here, so you ain't got to remember it. So again, listen to episode 1816 and read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill if you have not already, if you have reading it. So I moved the fear of criticism to the top of the list where Napoleon Hill had the fear of poverty. The reason he had the fear of poverty at the top of his list is because he wrote his book during the Great Depression. Those of you not familiar with the Great Depression is a period of austerity where there was not a lot of money moving. The money existed, but it wasn't moving around. Nobody was spending any money. Everyone was very depressed around the concept of money. The word depression is a good term for it. And when no money's moving in the economy, they call it a recession. And if it lasts for a certain amount of time, they call it a depression. So during the Great Depression, no money was moving in the economy. Everybody was pinching onto their pennies and afraid that they would never have money ever again. So it made sense that the number one of the six basic fears was the fear of poverty because so many people were actually experiencing it. And so many people felt like they were dangerously close to it. So that was the number one fear. These days, there are still people in poverty, but we're not in a depression right now. So the number one fear that people have shifted their focus to is the fear of being criticized and had negative things said about you. And why is that? It makes perfect sense. You think about the world that we live in now. Where do people spend a lot of their time? Social media. What happens on social media? You and a bunch of other people who you have never met and probably never will meet and a bunch of quote unquote people who might not even fucking exist 
are making comments and saying stuff back and forth to each other and about other people and just saying things just to try to get attention. Right? You get trolls, you get negative people, you get haters, you get people leaving stuff in the comments. And again, a good percentage of these people, you can't even tell if they're a real human being, right? They talk as if they're a human being, but you look at their profile, there's no picture, there's no real name. You don't even know these people are real. But what do they do? There's a lot of criticism happening. There's a lot of backlash, a lot of negative stuff that people just throw out there just because it could possibly draw some attention. This is what people do these days. So it makes sense that the number one fear these days should be, as I put in order when I redid the six basic fears, is the fear of criticism. People don't want to be criticized and they don't want to deal with any kind of backlash that comes from criticism. So remember what I've always told you, the opportunity, folks, is in what? The opposites. Looking at what most people are afraid of, if you can make yourself unafraid of the thing that most people are afraid of, you create an opportunity for yourself. Everybody follow me here. So if everybody's afraid of criticism, one thing you should do is make yourself immune to criticism. Now, that doesn't mean all criticism. There's some criticism that you should actually accept. Because if you have, let's say someone, you have a coach around you, you play a sport, you have a coach, or you have some people in your life who have the authority to hold you accountable, and they have a critique for you or something that you did or didn't do, you should accept that criticism because that criticism can make you better as long as you're willing to listen to it. You don't have to take criticism from everyone, but you should listen to criticism from the right people. And you should have some people in your life who have the leverage, the leeway to criticize you and accept it when they give it to you. Now, I've talked about criticism in episode number 13, 16. Correction is not criticism. Someone corrects you. They're not criticizing you. Again, depending on who they are. Episode number 1240, Stop Trying to Avoid Criticism. Episode number 720, How to Handle Criticism. Episode number 18, Dealing with Criticism. And episode number, well, I flipped it around when I talked about episode number 2375. A stupid criticism that people throw out there is that someone's just trying to get attention as if that's a bad thing. Getting attention is actually a smart thing. Anyway, those are some episodes where I've talked about attention if any of you wanted to go over a few of those. So these days, more people are afraid of being criticized, as I said more than they're afraid of an actual tangible bad outcome. Poverty is a real tangible thing. You can tell when you're in poverty because you can count how much money you got. When you're being criticized, that's not actually, it's just people talking, it's just words. The words don't actually do anything to you. When you're in poverty, you don't have money. Maybe you can't pay your bills. You can't pay your rent. You can't put gas in your car. You can't feed your family. That's a real tangible thing that you can feel and see. Criticism is just words. Words really can mean a lot. They can mean absolutely nothing. Depends on how you decide to look at it. So, this is what happens with a lot of people is that they will sabotage or avoid creating any level of success just so they avoid the criticism that they believe will come with it. Despite all the YouTube, basketball, even this show, I started as a writer and I am still a prolific writer. As a matter of fact, I send out emails damn near every day. I call this the daily game email. I want you to get this every day to your inbox completely for free. So simply go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com. You get my emails directly to your inbox every day, free of charge. Again, that's workonmygame.com. You know what is the biggest thing that separates the high level performers from everyone else out there? It is not talent. It is not hard work. It is not resources. It is not knowledge. It is not skill. It is the fact that they have a process and a strategy for how to show up and give their best effort, even on the days when they don't feel like being at work. Has any of you ever had one of those days? Is any of you having one of those days right now? That day is called the third day. We put a label on it and we describe exactly what it is in my new book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. In this book, 
I will not only describe to you what the third day is, but I will help you create a formula for yourself for you to show up and give your best effort, even on those days when you don't even feel like going to work. In that book, you're going to become a professional and no longer be an amateur. I'll give you a free copy of it. As a matter of fact, all you have to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Again, thirddaybook.com. Point number 14. Today's topic, once again, we are on the next part of our series, part five of why you fear success. Number five, rejection. So what I mean by rejection, if you're successful, why are you talking about rejection? Why would somebody be rejected if they're successful? Well, let's be clear. And let's be honest about this. When you are aiming to be more successful than you are right now, again, I told you the definition, how I'm defining success in this series means you are doing significantly better than what you've done up to this point. So when you do that and you aim for that, I didn't guarantee you're going to get it. So when you decide that you're going to aim to be way more successful than you are now, you are not guaranteed to actually get there. So maybe you will aim for a height that you simply fail to reach. So in such case, you have been effectively rejected by the height that you're trying to reach. So you're used to living at a level three. You say, all right, I'm going to get up to a level 10 and you aim for a level 10. But when you get up there, you don't make it. You don't make it to the level 10. You come up short of a level 10. So you have been effectively rejected by the level 10. And because you're trying to reach that height that many people will not even attempt to get to, your failure will be very public and it could cause you to feel embarrassed because, again, this is you tried to do something that most people don't even try to do. So when you tried it, you had a lot of people who saw you try because, again, ain't like they're all trying at the same time. So they're all watching you because they ain't doing anything. And you came up short. So that's a public failure that you might go through. And this could cause you to feel embarrassed. And again, notice two key words in that sentence, cause and feel. Could cause, could and feel. Extra should be the two words, could and feel. Because embarrassment, just like confidence, just like, it was another word that I used earlier here. Fear is another one. Let's say just use fear, confidence, embarrassment. All these things are states of mind. They are not real things. Confidence is not a tangible, you can't touch confidence. You can't hold it in your hands. You cannot hold fear in your hands. You can't touch embarrassment. You cannot hold it in your hand. You cannot feel it. And confidence, fear, and embarrassment. These are another thing I want to tell you about these three feelings and others who are of their ilk. No one can force these upon you. No one can force you to be afraid. No one can force you to be confident and no one can force you to feel embarrassed. Someone might say, hey, if I was you, I would be afraid. That doesn't mean you need to be afraid. Somebody could say, well, if that happened to me, I would be embarrassed. What the hell does that have to do with you? If someone says, hey, do this and you'll feel confident and it doesn't work for you, then, hey, it doesn't work for you. So these are feelings that you create in your own mind. And there are tools that can help you. I have a program called Bulletproof Mindset that'll help you with all of these. And I have another course called ASAP Confidence that'll help you a lot with that confidence part. And a book right there called The Super You, if you're watching on video, it's a bright yellow cover. It's part of my Bulletproof bundle. If you get the Mirror Motivation at mirrorofmotivation.com, check the box on that page to get the Bulletproof bundle. Super You is one of those four books. And it's all about confidence. There are tools that can help you develop confidence, but these exist in your mind. They are not tangible. Things. I can't hand you confidence. You can't buy it on Amazon and get it in a package in two days or less with Amazon Prime. You have to develop these in your mind. Fear, confidence, embarrassment, all of these. These are mental choices. Again, they cannot happen to you. You allow them to occur in your mind. You can go your whole life and never feel embarrassed if you want to. What embarrasses one person does not have to embarrass you. So this happens in your mind. So if you come up short of a big goal, you can just brush it off and say, that's completely fine. Or you can allow it to destroy you for the rest of your life. Okay, so it's literally a choice. 
Many people would rather avoid the possible rejection of going after a big goal and failing because they want to avoid the criticism that comes with it or the ridicule that comes with it. Ridicule is a form of criticism, just people using a satire in order to criticize you. It's the same thing. And instead, what people do instead, they go after mediocre goals and succeed at reaching them just so they can feel like they did something. So they don't want to feel like a complete idiot. So let me go after a mediocre goal and reach it instead of going for a big goal and failing. I'm going to get ridiculed or laughed at or criticized. And again, this is sad, but it's true. If you look around in life and some of you who are listening to me right now, you need to look in the mirror. I'm talking about you. You notice that people do this all the time. This won't be hard to find if you look around. This is actually pretty easy to find. People do it all the time. And they come up with very, very, very astute rationalizations for why they're going after mediocre goals instead of big ones. This is, I remember once I was training this basketball player. He was in high school. And his thing was, this is back in my basketball playing days, his thing was shooting. He was a good outside shooter. He didn't really have much skill in any other aspect of the game. He wasn't a very good ball handler. He played no defense whatsoever. He didn't have very good athleticism. He didn't really contribute on the court in any way other than shooting the basketball. No defense. Uh, He couldn't guard anybody. He didn't grab any rebounds. He wasn't a good passer. not a good ball handler. But he was good at shooting the outside shot. And I remember I was training him once. And he wanted to work on his outside shot all the time. Every time I trained him, he just wanted to do some outside shooting stuff. And we're doing it, doing it, doing it. And one day I said, well, why don't we work on the rest of your game? And he got, he, he bristled at the idea a little bit because he didn't want to work on anything else. And he just wanted to work on the shot, just shoot, shoot, shoot. And the last that I heard of him and saw him, his shooting took him. He went and played college basketball and he was an like, outside shooter. That was his thing, designated outside shooter. But he never developed the rest of his game. And he was the same player by the time he was 22, 23, graduating college that he was when he was 16, 17. He didn't develop at all. Only thing he got older. That's it. He got a little bit more facial hair. That's pretty much all that happened to him. And this is what happens with a lot of people. They would rather stay in the same spot and be comfortable than go after anything different. Because for him to work on his ball handling would require him to get uncomfortable because he wasn't that good at ball handling, which meant he wouldn't have looked as good in his workout. It was like, not like it was an audience of people watching us. It was just me and him on the court. Nobody else was there. He would have felt uncomfortable though working on his ball handling because it wasn't that good or working on rebounding or defense or anything other than shooting because that was the only thing he was comfortable with. And he pretty much stayed there. And his game never evolved past being that same player that he was in high school by the time he graduated from college because he didn't want to work on the rest of his game. And again, it doesn't make him a bad person. I mean, he played in college. I mean, he can say he did it. But as far as evolution, he didn't go too far. And this is the same thing that happens with a lot of people. They would rather just keep doing the same things that they're comfortable with rather than force themselves into some discomfort that comes with possibly doing something new. And you want to make sure that's not you. All right, that's the whole point of this. Have you ever wondered why so many people have big goals and big dreams for themselves and they work hard every single day, yet they never reach their goals? You ever wondered about that? I have. And I found out the reason why this happens is because most people never ask themselves a key third question, which is, who do I need to be while I'm doing what I'm doing? so that I can have what I want to have. You see, if you never fix your mindset and the way that you're thinking about a situation and the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself in the mirror, then it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what you want. You will never get there because you simply have an inaccurate formula. I wrote the book called The Mirror of Motivation, which addresses this first question. Who do I need to be? And when you answer that question, then when you do what you need to do, it will produce the outcomes of you having what you want to have. If that sounds like it might be the missing link in your process, and let me let you know, it is the missing link in your process. Go to mirrorofmotivation.com. All you do is cover the shipping, and I'm going to give you a free copy of that book physically mailed to your doorstep. 
Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. So you can be who you need to be, then do what you need to do, and then you're going to have what you want to have in your life. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Point number 15. We're talking here today. We're on part five of our, what will be a 10-part series, Why You Fear Success. Number 15. Is it unsustainable? This is a question. Can I sustain my success? And some people fear that they won't be able to sustain their success. So they decide, they rationalize, well, I might as well not even get it because I can't keep it. See, this is the question of whether or not you can maintain success once you get it. And it goes along with the expectations. We talked about expectations earlier in this series. This goes right along with it. And those expectations are real. Even though expectations, again, they're not a tangible thing. You can't touch them. But do people expect certain things from you when you're a successful person? Any of you here who is successful? Any of you who is a leader of a team, any of you here who's a head of a household, any of you who has people who follow you and listen to you and they're under your care or supervision or anything like that, do they have expectations of you? Absolutely, they do. They have expectations and that's real. So when you become a successful person, others who are less successful than you would rather get behind you and hope that you can keep things going rather than try to join you and do what you did to get there. So they don't want to join you and be up in the front of the line with you. No, they want to get behind you and let you lead the way. Why? Because most humans would rather be led than to lead. Even though you might think everybody wants to lead and there's just a big competition amongst everybody who's going to be the leader. No, that's not really the case. Most people want to be led. They don't want to lead. So once you become successful, you will be expected to remain successful. Why? Because you got a bunch of people who just got in line behind you naturally and they're just following you. All right, lead us. Show us where to go. Which means you may now start to feel the pressure of knowing that you must sustain your success, not only for yourself, because you want to be successful just with you, right? Forget about everybody else. You want to be successful because you want to be successful. So not only do you got to maintain the success to serve you, but now you also got to serve the people who decided to stop playing the game of getting to your level. And they decided, let me just follow this guy. Let me just follow this girl. I'll just get behind them. They already successful. I'm just following them. So now you got people following you and you didn't ask them to. <laughs> and they're just watching you. And now you got to deal with that. I mentioned this story a long time ago. I'll tell it again. There was this Nike basketball commercial. This was probably close to maybe 20 years ago, maybe 2007, six, seven, something like that. There was two players who were signed to Nike at the time. It was Paul Pierce and Jermaine O'Neal. And you don't need to know who those guys are to understand the story. They were playing pickup basketball. And this is just a commercial. So Paul Pierce is on one team. He was playing for the Boston Celtics at the time. Jermaine O'Neal was an all-star and he was an all-star. Jermaine O'Neal was an all-star playing for the Indiana Pacers at the time. So they're both Nike and Dorsey. So in this pickup game, Paul was on one team, Jermaine's on another team. And Paul's making all kinds of crazy moves and dunks and Jermaine's doing the same thing. And then they would show like somebody on Paul Pierce's team would make a mistake and you could see Paul getting disgusted with his teammate for messing up. And then same thing would happen on Jermaine O'Neal's team. His teammate would make a mistake and Jermaine would get disgusted with his teammate. And eventually, Paul and Jermaine just decided to stop giving the ball to their teammates and they just start doing everything on their own. So they just took over the game and they're just scoring. Paul Pierce is scoring and Jermaine O'Neal is dunking and they're just doing stuff back to back, just scoring all the points and dominating the game to the point that the rest of the guys on the court are pretty much bystanders to these two dudes who are essentially playing one on one in a five on five basketball game. So what happens over the course of the commercial is that players from Paul Pierce's team, they just stop playing in the game. They just go sit on the the bleachers and watch Paul because he's doing everything anyway. And then players on Jermaine O'Neal's team, they do the same thing. They stop playing. They go sit in the bleachers and watch Jermaine because he's doing everything. And eventually you got eight guys sitting in the bleachers who were playing in the game. They're all sitting there watching while Paul Pierce and Jermaine O'Neal are just playing one-on-one. So five-on-five becomes a one-on-one. 
because the other guys on the court were not involved anyway, and they weren't on the level of these two guys. And what I just explained to you from that commercial is a metaphor for what I'm telling you happens in life. When you achieve a high level of success, eventually other people stop trying to compete with you and they just sit on the bleachers. They just sit in the bleachers and watch you because they ain't going to compete with you anyway. Let me just sit in the bleachers and watch this guy. I am a non-factor in this game anyway, so let me just watch the game because I'm just running up and down the court for nothing. And this commercial didn't even you know, pop off too much. I only remember seeing it maybe once or twice, but I always remember it because it's a great metaphor for what happens in life. When you become a high level performer, eventually people stop trying to compete with you and they just get behind you. All right. And now everybody's watching you. So ain't nobody to pass the ball to now. Now you got to do everything. Now you literally have to do everything because ain't nobody to pass the ball to when you're playing one on one. You can't take a playoff. Now you got to do everything. So it's a great metaphor for all of life that right there that I pulled from basketball. So knowing that you got to sustain the success again, not just for yourself, but for the people who are watching you. Notice that when you go to a concert or a sporting match, there are many more people sitting in the stands watching than there are people on the stage or on the court or on the field, right? You go to a football game, there's what, 11 guys on both sides. So you got 22 guys on the field, 30,000 people in the stands. This is a metaphor for life, folks. There is an expectation of people who are on stages. And again, a stage doesn't have to be a concert. A stage just means you have assumed an elevated position based on your performance. There are people on stages that had an expectation on them to do things that people in the stands either cannot do or are not willing to even try doing. The expectation is all on you. I remember seeing a, a movie called The Kings of Comedy. Y'all remember this movie that came out probably about 20 years ago, maybe 20 plus. And one of the comedians who did a set on The Kings of Comedy was a guy named Steve Harvey, who many of you know. And Steve Harvey in his set, uh, he was telling a joke about going to concerts. He said, I don't like going to rap concerts because the rappers be having the fans do all the work. And he said, and Steve was like, no, I'm not standing up. I'm not yelling. I'm not throwing my hands in the air. I paid $100 for this ticket. You throw your hands in the air. You jump up and down and all this stuff. It was funny the way that he framed it. So you can find the joke probably on YouTube. But the whole point is that when there's a bunch of people in the stands watching, you can't expect them to do the work. All right, they expect you to do the work. That's why they paid for the ticket. All right, that's why they came and paid with their attention. So they're expecting you to perform. You got to perform. Again, that's the expectation once you assume a stage position. And this is the trade-off of being successful, everybody. So this question of whether or not you can sustain your success is a real question. It is a real and it is a legitimate question. So let's recap on today's points. Point number 13, we're talking again. This whole episode is part five of why you fear success. Number 13, standing out. You're drawing attention. It's going to draw eyeballs. And a lot of people don't want to stand out because they don't want to deal with the inevitable criticism that comes with standing out. You will be criticized when you stand out. The fear of criticism, I believe, is the greatest human fear that exists in the world today. It is leapfrog, the fear of poverty. And number 14, rejection. You going after big goals doesn't mean you're going to actually reach big goals. It means you may be rejected and in the process ridiculed and criticized for even going after them in the first place. Because when you go after a big goal, the people who didn't have the courage to go after that big goal will feel relieved and satisfied that you failed because it justifies the fact that they never tried. Ching Ning Chu talked about this in a book called Thick Face, Black Hearts. If you have not read that book, Again, it's called Thick Face. Black Heart is a great book. I've gifted this book to many coaching clients and members that work on your game university of mine. So if you haven't read that book, I suggest you go buy it and read it. So that fear of rejection. A lot of people don't want to be rejected. So they rather just try mediocre things so that they can at least succeed at it rather than going after big things and giving themselves the possibility of winning. And number 15, is it sustainable? Question of whether or not you can sustain your success goes along with the expectations that come with success. When you become a successful person, people will start expecting you to be successful. Again, just like that Nike commercial I just described to you, they will get off the court and stop playing. They'll go sit in the bleachers 
and happily watch you do everything to the point that you have no one to pass the ball to. You got to do everything yourself and everybody's sitting there watching and waiting for you to do it because they ain't got nothing else to do. They want to watch you because they're not going to be on your level. So they're going to rather watch you buy a ticket and watch you than participate in the game and compete against you. And now you got to deliver. Can you sustain that? That is a question. And it's a real one. But all that said, make sure you text me. So you're in my test community. My number's down below in the description and work on your game university. That is the place where I do all my coaching. All All this mindset stuff that we're talking about in this series. The first thing that we're going to work on when you come into the university is developing your bulletproof mindset so that then on that fertile ground, we can now build strategies, which are your plans of action, your systems, which is how we, the mechanisms that allow us to execute your strategies consistently and to the accountability. The accountability meaning making sure that the people and the mechanisms do what they're supposed to do on a consistent basis so we're producing consistent and predictable outcomes. That is all at workonyourgameuniversity.com. The link is down below in the description. Tomorrow, we'll get into part six of this series. Work on your game. Dre, all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know And I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me. 305-384-6894. Do you know what the number one key is for you to advance and get to a higher level from where you are right now? It is not for you to work harder, wake up earlier or go to sleep later. No, it is for you to get the right insight. In other words, to ask yourself the right questions. These questions are usually questions that you don't have the answer to. But dealing with those questions opens the door for you getting to that next level that you want to reach. How do you get help with this? By getting coaching, by getting around other people who can see things that you don't see, who have perceptions and insights that you don't have. This is why coaching is as valuable as it is. And this is why higher level performers always invest in coaching. The best way you can do that from here is to go to work on your game university.com. That is the only place I offer coaching, the only place I work with anyone directly. You just go to work on your game university.com. You can see all your options for getting involved with us and engaging and having someone coaching you so that you can take yourself to that next level again through insight, not just through effort. Again, it's work on your game university.com.